We begin with the letter A. A is for... M is for murder. E is for... Danger! And, uh... Dodge. With... Monster. Help! Love me and be... Please! Help! Yeah. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the third episode of season four of the Is For Podcast. I am here with Monster tonight. Say hello, Monster. No, Sarge. Sarge has gone the way of uh, the hopes of pollution in the 90s, according to tonight. Because tonight we are talking C is for Captain Planet. That's right. Does that mean he's dead? Well, Captain Planet has been off the air for a while. He didn't officially die, but I meant Sarge. No, you no. said he went the way of pollution. Pollution's still here. Uh, we still have pollution. Well, so. no, but in the show, just just start the no. episode. I apologize. No, we we have started. We we have started. This is we are, we are rolling, well, as they say. Well, go right. back and start over. Okay, so <laughs> we are Sargeless. Sarge is still alive. He has gone Thank the way you. of pollution because pollution is still around, but he has not gone the way of Captain Planet because Captain Planet is off the air. Does is that better, Monster? Yeah, I, I feel much better now, yes. Okay. Now that we've established that Sarge is still alive, I, I feel like this would be a much more somber episode if Sarge <laughs> was not here. It would be R is for remembering Sarge, but <laughs> No, you would want us to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Go on without me. Go ahead and do the Captain Planet episode. The yeah. people want it. <laughs> the people need to know more about Captain Planet. <laughs> They're dying to know. On his bedside table, he's got a, a heart ring. I just wanted to be a planeteer as a kid. And oh, God. So, anyway, Monster, tell me about your love, your hate, your experience, your memories, whatever you have on Captain Planet as far as your experience goes, your memory. Your brain heart. My brain heart. Your brain heart. I like that. I'm going to use that. So this is one of those shows that in the 90s was sort of unavoidable. I didn't seek it out. I didn't try to watch it, but I saw it a lot just because of watching TV. It was like you had your X-Men and your Ninja Turtles, and that was like your top tier. And then you had like one step down which was like maybe like your Thundercats and your Street Sharks. And then about four more steps down, you had <laughs> Captain Planet. Man, just you, just, you just sank Captain Planet. <laughs> it, it's like a, uh, a glorified after-school special. But with that being said, it had its charm. It had it its did. moment. It, it definitely was a, a figment of the times. And... uh yeah, I think you show most people our age in their, you know, early to mid thirties uh, a picture of Captain Planet. They're going to know it. Am I early to mid thirties? Suddenly, uh, uh, yeah, we're both late thirties. Let's just just own it. It's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, Captain Planet was a show that, like you said, was unavoidable, and it was almost like it just kind of interrupted your block of cartoons that you were watching and. You knew it was there, and you knew why it was there, but you knew that there was going to be something better after it. So it was like you watched Street Sharks, and then it was like, okay, we got Captain Planet. Let's just do it. There's not many cartoons or animated shows that are representing the mullet, and you know what? We're going to run for it. We're going to go for it. We're going to get through it. And then at the end, just like the G.I. Joe's episode you watched just a little bit before, it wrapped up in a nice, pretty little bow with some sort of message, and then you got on to your next cartoon of whatever. So Now, and, and also, full disclosure, in those days, the cartoons that I like to watch were the sillier ones. I never got into the more, other than the X-Men animated series, I did like that one, most of the stuff that I liked from that era was the more silly stuff. And so Captain Planet was one of those ones that, like you just said, I might watch it because it's the only thing on, but it's not something that I'm like excited to see. And if you, if you got up 
because you don't want to watch Captain Planet, you got you lost the TV. Like your dad or whoever came in and took out the TV. So it was like Captain Planet was paying your dues <laughs> to get through what? to the next. Plus, it wasn't like you had like 65 other options. You had like 12 other channels and yeah. it might have something good on, but probably nothing better than Captain Planet. <laughs> right. All right. Are you ready to dive into Captain Planet? It's history. It's production. It's everything. I don't just. Yeah, it's stuff. The sludgy pollution of the Captain Planet history. Yes, sure. Okay. So, all right. The full title was not Captain Planet. It was Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Like, I thought that was strange because I always remember it just being Captain Planet, but they wanted to put in there the, the, and the Planeteers. That's like Batman and Robin. Like, no, it was just. Batman, the animated adventures of Batman, the Batman, the animated series. I mean, I know there was a comic called Batman and Robin, but it's like you never give the sidekicks their their thing. You know, I don't know what you're talking about, because I was a huge fan of Professor X and the X-Men. That was one of my favorite TV shows. That's different. X-Men are the team that fought. That was that was the thing. Like, I loved X-Men. I mean, from the cartoon to the comic books, I loved X-Men, but. You didn't. You didn't listen to my joke. Sorry, I said the name of the show was Professor X and uh, the X Men. Uh, sorry, God. maybe maybe I missed that because to me, Professor X, uh, he sucks. Uh, no, I, he doesn't suck. I, I like him, but you know, it wasn't Professor X and the X Men. You're right. Okay, they tried to tie two shows together, where it changed hands as far as production companies, and uh, it became the New Adventures of Captain Planet. There were no more Planeteers in the title. It's just a new adventure. Yeah. And they just try to tie them together, but we'll get to it. A lot of the voice actors changed at that point, but there were some pretty interesting parts to the voice actors and the changes that were made within it. We'll get there. You know, it was produced by Ted Turner. One of the few good things he did for you know, <laughs> uh, people. Um, and Barbara Pyle. Barbara Pyle was really the driving force behind the whole thing. Ted um, Turner. Oh boy, he could be his own episode. <laughs> oh, yes, he could. Yes, he could. So, six seasons, 113 episodes. I do not remember that much Captain Planet. Wow. I know. I know. Six seasons. Are you six sure? Seasons, six seasons, 113 episodes. The first three seasons were on Deke, as I've learned. Deke Enterprises was a production company, not Dick, as I was pro- as I was pronouncing it through the entire <laughs> time. Say, I've never called it Deke. Yeah, no, it's pronounced Deke. I remember being a little kid and seeing that logo at the end of episodes, D-I-C, and just being like, they can do that? They can put that on TV? <laughs> yep, because it's pronounced Deek. So When I grew up, I learned that Dick Entertainment was a totally different kind of it's, kind of. Uh, it's a different thing, so. kind of video. And that you can't show on TV. So. No, no. I mean, I, you can on some channels, but not the ones that I get in my house. So No, but I think Ted Turner owns a few of those channels as well. Probably, probably. So... <laughs> And then uh, seasons four through six went to Hanna-Barbera cartoons, which seems a bit more appropriate to me, and I can't mispronounce the name. (laughs) You said Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Was that Cartoon Network? It was produced by Hanna-Barbera, which Hanna-Barbera had a hand in Cartoon Network, but they were not exclusively Cartoon Network. Like Scooby-Doo and all of those were not Cartoon Network shows at first. They became Cartoon Network shows. but. You know, so it kind of rode that line where it was just produced by and, you know, Hanna-Barbera had a hand in and the animation and production and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I don't remember the whole story, but I remember something about the the origins of Cartoon Network had something to do with them owning the rights to some Hanna-Barbera properties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I was yeah. connecting dots that maybe shouldn't be connected. <laughs> well, maybe next season we'll do C is for Cartoon Network. I, had that, I know that's a deep dive. But all right, you do that, and I'll do T for Ted Turner. All right, cool. No, I, no, I'm not doing that. No, go ahead. no, I, I think I'm going to set that episode out. <laughs> so, in its conception, Barbara Pyle, you know, she was inspired by some people in her life and decided to, you know, make this this show, The Five Planeteers. Uh, the character Guy was inspired by Malaysian environmental activist Chi Yok Ling of Sabat Alam, Malaysia. Yes. I did that all and only stuttered on one. 
Well, you may have only stuttered on one, but I would uh, deem it safe to say you did not pronounce all of that correctly. But I pronounced it. I'm sure Guy was right, but past that, I'm not sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, the character Ma Tai was inspired by, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. Oh, um, you have to now. Oh, Paul Inho Payakan. <laughs> that's that's what it is. Paulinho. Uh. Pa- Paulinho. Okay. And then uh, Wheeler was based on her father. And uh, Kwame was inspired by the survivors of the Rhodesian Bush War. I went to look it up and I was like, you know what? No, that's just, that's going to be a lot wrapped up in there. Not diving into it. So, um, and she met all these people, you know, obviously her father, but you know. um, So, 1990. The original series was the longest running U.S. cartoon of the 1990s. With 113 episodes. Did you know that? I'm still shocked that it ran for six seasons. Because I feel like it was one of those, like, maybe three or four years and maybe, like, 60, 70 episodes. Like, nope, 113. That that's that's hmm. crazy. And then it went into syndication after that, by the way. So, yeah, it did it six seasons, 113 episodes, which I think it's only 100 episodes of a show you have to get to before you can be picked up for syndication. And it hmm. it surpassed that by just a bit. And then it went on in, into syndication, which it's still running in syndication today. I mean, is cable even still a thing? I, I haven't had cable in, in years. It's it's, just, it's all streaming stuff now. Uh, I don't know. Um, all right. So the ending theme is considered one of the most memorable parts of the series due to its catchy main chorus and rock track. Do you remember what the line was? From the song. Is, is it, I don't remember if it's the outro or the intro. Is it Captain Planet? He's a hero. Is that the beginning or the end? That's the end. Okay. And yeah. He's going to take pollution that? down to zero. And I just learned you are a musician, but you do not sing in for a reason. No, absolutely not. Yeah. No, no. And uh, I, I bet you're, you're the fans that you have. Your fans are thankful. So <laughs> you're a great guitar. That's why I have fans because yeah. they haven't heard me. It's true. So, during the end credits, James Coburn, who voiced several of the characters in Captain Planet, and he voiced a character named Luton Plunder, and he says, you'll pay for this, Captain Planet, and it's followed by a rap, the voice actors who were the Planeteers, and it was modeled after New Kids on the Block step by step. Ooh. Yeah, that was the thing. There was a lot of cringing that I did in researching this, because I do not remember a lot of this. I did go back and I watched a couple episodes and I, I really could have skipped doing that part for the research because it was more damaging than enlightening. But well, I did it. I, I may have made the mistake of clicking around on YouTube and watching some clips. You didn't follow to the John or the Don Sheetle, did you? No, I di- I didn't go there. I didn't go there. Which uh, which if you if you've got kids, they shouldn't watch it. They they shouldn't no. watch those. If you're if you are an adult, you should because they're hilarious. They they are. They're a good time. There's also a couple of times where the Cartoon Network show Robot Chicken did some kind of like satirical things of Captain Planet. The funniest is when it's Ted Turner having like a board meeting and Ted Turner turns into Captain Planet. And so it's him trying to be like environmentally friendly or whatever. But he's got that southern accent. Yeah. So he's like running around kicking people in the balls, screaming, Captain Planet. It is God, it's so stupid that you have to laugh. Yeah. But that's pretty much all of Robot Chicken. Well, true. But no, I was gonna say I made the mistake of kind of watching some uh more of the uh clips from some special episodes mm-hmm. where they sort of Instead of talking about the environment, let's tackle some other 90s issues. Some that, uh, uh, big social issues. Yeah. Controversial episodes. And we're going to talk about those. So, yeah. Some um, shit Captain Planet probably should have stayed away from. Yes. Yes. But it's a, it's not a show that shot away from uh, some harsher topics. Even um, if it should have. Yeah. And, you know, um, even if the topics were a little bit dirty, like the pollution they talked about. Did you used to be a writer for this show? No, but I could have been. <laughs> I do remember Captain Planet having some pretty, uh, a pretty strong pun game when it came to fighting villains. 
It was like Spider-Man, but everything was about pollution and not good. Okay, so I mentioned this just a second ago, but James Coburn, who voiced several of the characters, including uh, Captain Planet, he played. He was a character. He voiced a character called Luton Plunder. L O O T E N space P L U N D E R. Luton Plunder. That was his name. The names are puns. Yes. So, you know, whatever. You know, if you're in it, buckle up and just ride. Speaking of the voices, and I'm sure you'll get to this in a minute, I had no idea some of the celebrity cameos. Yes, we will talk out. about it. I was shocked when I heard some yes. of the names. We will talk about it. We're going to go through uh, through uh, all the major characters, and we're going yeah. to to uh, to dive into those because okay, there's a I'd like to say there's some doozies, but there were some surprises. That's for sure. All right. So then in ninety ninety six, it switched over to Hanna Barbera, um, and it that was when it changed the title to The New Adventures of Captain Planet. It was produced by Hanna Barbera, but do you know why it was produced by Hanna Barbera and why it made the switch? Be- no idea. And and now that you're saying it, I don't know that I ever even saw any of these. You did. You did because those episodes were the ones that were actually more like along what we saw when we were kids. Really? Gosh. Because okay. okay. Because Ted Turner bought him up. There it he is. He bought up Hanna Barbera because that's what Turner did. He bought them in 1991. So it's a show over 93. Um, during uh, the 93 to 96 time period, it was part of TBS's Sunday morning in front of the TV block. So then it switched from Saturday morning to Sunday morning, which is why I say it's more what we saw because, you know, growing up as kids, Sunday morning, you're staying home and you're trying to capitalize the TV to hold the TV out for, you know, for other people, there were some TV or some cartoons and stuff that came on. Captain Planet being one of those. What do you mean you stayed home? There were some Sunday. There were some Sundays we stayed home. There were supposed to go to church. We did, but there were some Sundays that we stayed home. I think I'm starting to understand why you are the way you are. Yeah, that's fine. That's fair. I, if Instead you, of going to church, we're watching Captain Planet. <laughs> if if you can help me understand why I am the way I am, please please help me along. So, the series uh, revealed more of the past of each of his characters and expanded on it dramatically while changing tone into the mature mature uh, episodes. You know that tackled those issues that you mentioned a minute ago. I don't, I, gosh, I don't even want to talk about them. No, uh, we're going to. We're going to. Uh, and then th- this was actually when the animation style overall changed, and it also took uh, took some other turns. So when it was on Deke Productions, it had more of a synth rock soundtrack, and it was replaced by an orchestral piece. <laughs> so much more mature. Yes, yes. It was, uh, again, it, it was more mature and darker because your audience grew up just by three years. So yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, the end credits theme said the ending sequence had footage from the Hanna-Barbera episodes. The full-time voice actors replaced most of the major celebrities that you mentioned. And, uh, and they, they voiced all of the Gaia eco villains and the, uh, planeteers. The open narration was spoken by David Coburn as captain planet rather than LeVar Burton. Yep. Do you remember what the uh, the opening thing was? If you don't, we're going to get to it. No, I, I it had something to do with the Earth spirit Gaia and needing people from the Earth to clean up the Earth and stuff. But I don't remember the full spiel. Yep. Right. But I do remember Lamar Burton. I do remember yep. that. the The spiel is coming. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna fill you in. All right. The last big change in its final season. The end credit song was replaced by a rap by Fred Schneider of the B-52s. I did go and find this. And it's something else I really could have skipped because it's it's just bad. It's just bad. I will, I will put a clip of it here in editing. He's the man. Lady the Chargers number one fan. Check him out. You're gonna see. Please do. Because here's the thing. As I've gotten older, I have found myself really enjoying weird music and i think the b-52s are are actually pretty cool like they're weird and if you like stuff like the talking heads and devo and stuff you 
there's something there with the B-52s. But you can't have him rap and it be something to be taken seriously. Like, it's meant to be silly, right? I no, mean, no, no. It's meant to be uh, serious. Yeah. No, and, right. you know, as we get older, yes, we do find ourselves getting into certain music that we weren't into younger. But um, you had said in uh, the Weird Al episode from last season that uh, Frank Zappa is going to sneak up on you. Uh, the B-52s will stay where Frank Zappa is and not anywhere close to you. Uh, Love Shack, terrible song. Hate that song. Actually, every part of the B-52s. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yet again. Yet love, again. I was just love having, Hack. Yeah. It's Love Shack. And I've been having conversations with some of my music buddies about this exact thing. If you know a band by nothing more than the two or three songs you've heard on the radio then you're not allowed to make that big of a judgment call. No, I have listened to other ones out of curiosity, but Love Shack is the one that I've heard the most in my life. And I actually think Weird Al should have done a parody of that called Love Snack. And it would have been great. So we're going to talk about that opening thing in the switch from LeVar Burton to David Coburn. So our world is in peril. Gaia, the spirit of Earth, can no longer stand the terrible destruction plaguing our planet. She sends five magic rings to five special young people. Kwame from Africa with the power of Earth. From North America, Wheeler with the power of fire. From the Soviet Union, Linka with the power of wind. From Asia, Yi with the power of water. And from South America, Mati with the power of heart. When the five powers combine, they summon Earth's greatest champion, Captain Planet. The power is yours. Now, was that at the beginning of the first episode? Or was that at the beginning of every episode? I think it was the beginning of every episode. I don't think we realized as kids how often the shows we watched recycled the same animation bits, the same sound bites. Mm-hmm. Over and over. And like, so I, I brought up Adult Swim, Robot Chicken earlier, but if you go back and watch some of those shows like C Lab 2021 or Aqua Teen Hunger Force, where they take sort of like a couple of stock animation clips and add different dialogue and whatever on top of it, they were doing that. Like, even oh, yeah. all the way up into the 90s with, oh, with yeah. kids. Well, I mean, this ran until till uh, 96 and oh yeah they recycled plenty of of things i mean they they pretty much used everything from the opening in the episode but then they would recycle um you know parts of episodes which i guess is appropriate considering it's captain planet to recycle yeah. i will break microphone <laughs> oh that's up to you that's your microphone so anyway so gaia was voiced by whoopi goldberg if we had to tell you who whoopi goldberg is do some more research on your own time. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg was great. Was not anymore. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but do you know who replaced Whoopi Goldberg in seasons four through six when it changed hands? I I don't. Not somebody with, with a Whoopi Goldberg voice. Margot Kidder. Basically Lois Lane. I mean, <laughs> the, the opposite of it. So, yeah. um, so Gaia, of course, is the spirit that sends the five magic rings. And I don't know if you caught it in the opening, but four of those rings were to control an element of nature. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one is to control heart. Five chosen youths <laughs> across the globe. And I could not find anything that told me why those people were picked. They were just picked. I don't I don't know. But yeah, well, I was thinking about it as like like the uh um the first season of um Power Rangers, where it was like some troubled youths in Angel Grove, California. They were not troubled youths. They were like leading karate classes and stuff. You know, I no rhyme or reason for why. So they were the they were the AG class, one hundred percent, and yeah. then they became the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So she claims to have been asleep for the entire twentieth century and awoken to see more pollution in the world than when she was asleep. But like. Many things in the 90s that we did not realize as children. This was contradicted in an episode where uh, it's set in the, in the 20s and people are getting guidance from, from uh, Gaia when she appears as, and this is the part that I think is funny, 
she had the physical manifestation of a black woman. Not that she's a black woman, but that Margot Kidder <laughs> was voicing her. Well, okay. So in the beginning of in the series, she was a white woman being voiced by Whoopi Goldberg. And then when she manifests herself later, she takes the form of a black woman voiced by Margot Kidder. Yes. I do that in 2023 and see what happens. Can't, you can't do that anymore. You can't do that on television. Cancel this show about anti-polluting the earth. <laughs> so in situations that the planeteers can't do on their own, they got to call in for somebody else, which happened in every episode, which made me wonder how useful the planeteers really were. They combine their planetary powers with their rings, which I, I don't remember how they actually came together if they were from these different places, these different continents, and they would summon Captain Planet. Now, I've said before that he was voiced by David Coburn. Now, do you know who actually recorded six full episodes and backed out of the show? Uh, okay, I have no idea, but I will take a guess. Okay, go for it. Mark Hamill. No, Tom Cruise. Uh. Tom Cruise <laughs> actually recorded six full episodes and they backed out, um, and then David Coburn had to come in and re-record all of his parts. And it was for unknown reasons. Now, I have to assume that it had something to do with Scientology, because they don't like anything. I, I just assume it's because he saw the animation said, yeah, this shit sucks. Yeah. What do you mean this. I have a mullet and my skin is blue and shiny? Oh, man. He looked like Powder Toast Man with a slightly more humanoid face and a mullet. Like... This is a very odd-looking character design. He was. He was. All right, so he had all the Planeteer's powers, along with some of the, you know, uh, common superhero abilities, flight, superhuman strength. It was um, like Superman. Yeah, actually. Yeah, that uh, that actually became a sore spot, uh, trouble down the road. So, I I think instead of kryptonite, it was pollution. Yeah. Like it was toxic waste or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So once he was done, Captain Planet went back home. And do you remember what he said on his way out? He said, the No. Power is yours. And then he disappeared. So the power up yours. Got yes, it. the power of yours. Now, Captain Planet usually only appeared to handle the big issues. And then he leaves. But there were a few stories where he didn't get to leave. <laughs> so there was an episode where he was summoned while Kwame and Monty were in space. And the energy from their rings that created Captain Planet could not be used to return him home, forcing Captain Planet to operate on a human level. And uh, he had to acquire uh, crowbar and handcuff keys to rescue the rest of the team <laughs> while the other two were in space. Uh, and so oh. Captain Planet was just stuck on Earth. <laughs> um Green mullet, us, blue skin, man. And and us at 12 years old, not for a second did we question oh, this. Oh, God, no. God just, no. Oh, my God. He's got it. He doesn't have his powers. He can't go home. <laughs> uh, I guess that's like Captain Planet realized his car was out of gas and couldn't get home. I don't know. It, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He drives an electric car. Okay. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of electric car, the Planeteers. We're going to dive into all those planeteers now, all five of them. So, all right. What a, I am so good at segues. Let's just yeah. let's pause and appreciate right. that for a moment. Thank you. No, we're going to keep moving. And so the transportation they used was based on, was a uh, use solar power, which I think this is a place where we actually, and I have this big long working theory that when something is shown in a sci-fi show of some sort, we end up working towards that, and we've been working towards solar power uh, car for for years. So, um, well, I just saw a, like a meme recently about how the Jetsons predicted the future, and it was talking about like Zoom calls and working from home and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And it's like, yeah, I don't doubt for a second that like kids in that day and age were watching that stuff, growing up, getting into jobs involving technology and stuff, mm -hmm. didn't say, well. Why can't we do something like that? Right, right, absolutely. So Kwame, who was voiced by LeBar Burton, had the power of Earth. The name Kwame is uh, Ganeshan, uh, G-H-A-N, 
A-I-A-N, I don't know, Ganian, I don't know, okay, uh, for a soul name, and it's a name given to all males born on a Saturday. Ooh. What a weird thing to prick out. Okay, so of course, LeVar Burton, we know as Jordy LaForge from uh, Star Trek, Reading Rainbow, and Kunta Kinde from Roots. Wheeler, who's voiced by Joey Dido, minor voice actor in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, he kind of has that like uh, real typical Brooklyn kind of like, hey, I'm walking here kind of voice. Actually, that... he's from, his character's from Brooklyn, New York. Which, okay, okay. okay. Um, I find where everybody is from really entertaining within this because Kwame was from Africa. Wheeler, <laughs> the whole thing, the whole thing, the whole thing, just all of Africa. Wheeler is from Brooklyn, <laughs> a Brooklyn, tiny a, a neighbor. <laughs> so um, he controls fire, of course, another element, and uh, uh, Linka. Yeah, call back to uh, the <laughs> episode before this. So Linka, yeah. who's voiced by. Kath Su- Susie, uh, she's a voice actress. I'll talk about her credits here in just a minute. She is from the Soviet Union in episodes or seasons one and two, and Eastern Europe seasons three through six. Hey, you gotta fix that Soviet yep. Union thing. <laughs> Linka has the power of when. Production of the show began before the fall of the Soviet Union. After the fall, they just went back and redubbed. <laughs> they didn't re-record. Oh. They just they just dubbed in her new stuff. But like you no. said, at seven, we didn't question it. So, no. Um, no. And Kath Susie vo- was the voice of Lola Bunny and Looney Tunes, which made all prepubescent boys question themselves. Yeah. Um, okay. Yep. Uh, Minks and Jim, uh, Dexter's mom, Dexter's laboratory, Phil, Lil, and their mother, Betty DeVille, in Rugrats. Wow. Yeah. She, okay. she, actually, I knew, I, she actually had quite a bit of, of credits yeah. to her name. No, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I definitely know, know her work. Yep. Guy, voiced by Janice Kawai from Asia, and Guy controls power of water. Mati, voiced by Scott Minville from Brazil. So we've got continents, a neighborhood, yep. and a country. <laughs> All right. And then Suchi, which I don't know if you remember, was Mati's pet spider monkey. Yeah, I remember it, the monkey. Yep. Yeah, it was voiced by Frank Welker. Ah. Ah. Oh, yeah. Each planeteer comes from a different continent, as we've talked about. Continent, country, neighborhood. All right. <laughs> Except Australia and, and, and Antarctica. Australia was seen as like putting out hardly any pollution, and Antarctica has no permanent inhabitants. So there's no <laughs> rings. So I guess Antarctica would be the power of snow. Wait a second. Wait a second. Yep. Antarctica. Has no permanent residence. Is that a fact or is that just some shit you said because it sounds funny? No, no, there's no permanent inhabitants. Like there are people on Antarctica, as we saw from uh, the thing. There are people, but there are researchers that go there and they're only there for a certain amount of time they leave. I think the longest somebody is there is like six months at a time. Nobody actually lives on the continent of Antarctica. There's nobody that has a home, there's no neighborhoods. I, I, on Antarctica, the southernmost continent, the one that's on the bottom of the planet. Yeah. I I don't know of anybody. And I didn't question that in my research because that is something I've known since I was seven. I know the way you're hearing my voice and you're taking it accusatory. No. I'm just in shock. I'm not fighting you. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just in shock. No, I I, I didn't take it as arguing. I just... Because people live in Alaska. But Alaska is not, you know, below zero daily wind speeds of this is not the part that I wanted to get stuck on. No, I'm sorry. We can move on. I will do my own research on my own time. If you find that somebody has uh, moved to Antarctica after 1996, please let me know and and, and lives there full time. Yes. Go ahead and look that up now because I. It's really important information, evidently. I don't know. Um, anyway. All right. The villains. The eco-villains. They enjoy destruction of the planet, as you can uh, assume. Did you just find out that I was right? Yes and no. Uh, 
Okay, so, here, I'll just just read you what Google says. All right. Antarctica is the only continent with no permanent human habitation. There are, however, permanent human settlements. Yes. Where scientists and support staff live for part of the year, blah, blah, blah. So they have facilities built where a person could live year round if they wanted to, but nobody does because they're just research facilities. But nobody's moving to Antarctica because it's got cheap land and raising families there. And there's no schools or post offices, you know, no. I get you. Okay. So maybe okay. maybe in Antarctica they get that dick TV you're talking about earlier. So nobody can say this show is not educational. If you come here for education, you've come to the wrong place. But <laughs> if you've come here for education, you're going to get facts that may or may not be right. <laughs> So, um, all right. If you've come here to be entertained, there's still better options, but we're glad you're here. Yes. Yes. Thank you for coming. <laughs> all right. So hoggish greedly pig like human represents the dangers of overconsumption and greed. Hoggish greedly was voiced by Ed Asner. Yep. Great actor. All right. Rigger greedly's, uh, main henchman. He once claimed in the episode, the ghost of pork loin past. That the main reason he works for Greedly is because no one else would hire him. So, like, even the villains are, like, sad and depressed. So, yeah, anyway. Villains are all, like, these terrible, terrible puns. Oh, God, yeah. Um, voiced by John Ratzenberger, which he was Cliff on Cheers. And he has been the voice of pretty much every Pixar movie. Ham and Toy Story, The Abominable Snowman yep. and Monsters, Inc., um, Mac and Cars, The Underminer and The Incredibles. Yeah. He's he's you know done his oh, yeah. done his thing. Uh John Ratzenberger's awesome. I like him. Verminous scum. Uh he's <laughs> part human, part rat creature. He represents urban blight, disease, and drug abuse. Scum is responsible for the death of Linka's cousin, Boris, via drugs in the episode Mind Pollution. We're gonna talk about mind pollution a little bit. Verminous scum was voiced by Jeff Goldblum in season one, and then Maurice Lamarche in seasons two through five. If you don't know who Maurice LaMarche is, you're missing out on some great stuff. He was uh, the voice of Brain and Animaniacs, in addition to Pinky and the Brain, the spinoff, Big Bob and Hey Arnold, many, many people in uh, Futurama, and he was also the voice of Egon Spengler in The Real Ghostbusters and Extreme Ghostbusters, which I did not know that one before I started doing this. And and I'll say uh, I didn't get a chance to like see a whole lot. But I will say that Jeff Goldblum and and you know we've we've put a lot of love on Jeff Goldblum on this on this mm -hmm. show, especially but, Jurassic Park. Yes, but I think we all agree that Jeff Goldblum pretty much plays Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum, right? So, but in the little oh. clips I saw, he does a good job of actually sounding like a villain and not just Jeff Goldblum animated as a rat creature thing it's because this was early enough in his career where he hadn't uh, quite honed the jeff Goldblum yeah, I guess so. identity character all right so the yeah. character duke nukem um Ugh. yep he's a doctor who changed himself into a radioactive yellow rock skin mutant and he represents the misuse of nuclear power all right so on the name duke nukem apogee who the uh video game temporarily renamed the character of duke nukem and the computer game franchise to Duke Nukem, D-U-K-E-N-U-K-U-M, to avoid any trademark, you know, crossover, claims, lawsuits, blah, blah. The character was later found to be under no trademark, and the games were restored to their original titles. Now, so which came first, Captain Planet or the first Duke Nukem? So the Duke Nukem game was made but not trademarked first. And then okay. Duke Nukem, the Captain Planet villain, spelt D-U-K-E-N-U-K-E-M instead of U-M, was made. Right. And then that was when the Apogee went, we should trademark. And yeah. we did it. And But then like part of the agreement was they were not going to do anything as far as suing um, Deke or uh, Hanna-Barbera. That's how things used to be handled. We're right. like adults sat in a room and said, hey, you're not trying to steal our character. We're not trying to yeah. steal yours. There right. can be two Duke Dukums in different universes, and it's not a big deal. Right. Whereas now, one of them would have been sued into oblivion. 
right. would not exist. <laughs> so it was voiced by uh, Dean Stockwell in seasons one through three, Maurice LaMarche and four through six. So here we see one of the earlier part, uh, one of the earlier instances of Maurice LaMarche picking up lots of voices like he does on Futurama. So, um, all right. Now, uh, one of his henchmen, Leadsuit, uh, it, it his name defines his appearance. <laughs> he wore a full body <laughs> hazmat suit just to withstand the radiation from his boss, <laughs> Duke Nuke. If you haven't figured this out yet, this show is very one note. There yeah. is very yeah. there's one point to this show. <laughs> yep. So voiced by Frank Welker. Frank does lots of voices on this. And in case you don't know. Legend. Yes. Um one of his biggest, most well-known voices was Fred from Scooby-Doo, um, which he did from its beginning in 1969. And then he took over actually doing the voice for Scooby-Doo in the early 2000s. So, but he's done tons of other voices. All right. Dr. Barbara Babs Blight. Was this one Meg Ryan? Yes. This one was Meg yeah. Ryan. I'm sorry. I had yes. to pause because every time I even see Meg Ryan, even though like there's other people here, like seeing Meg Ryan's name, I'm like, how the hell did that happen? Anyway. Yeah. So the, the little, little bit of research that I did that I found kind of interesting was that even within the context of this universe and how ridiculous and outlandish some of these characters were, they still tried to add, especially when they had the celebrity vocals, uh, add just a little touch of their own aesthetic or personality and and I would have never saw this if it wasn't for a commentator on YouTube explaining it. Yeah. But apparently that was why her character had the hair she did because Meg Ryan was kind of known for having that short kind of in the early nineties. Yeah. 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 So she voiced the character from 1991, uh, Mary Kay Bergman, 9296. Mary Kay Bergman, as far as I could find, didn't really do anything else. Not really somebody of note. It sounds like to me the first season they were like, we're going to we're going to throw all the money at this. We're going to make this a big thing. And we're going to get these celebrities to come in here and do this stuff. And it did. But like, wait, but wait, hold on. Hold on. OK, OK, but okay, wait. OK, OK. Before you finish that, I'm going to jump okay. to one that you're going to go. No shit. So. All right. She represents the dangers of uncontrolled technology and unethical scientific experimentation. Now, her character had a artificially intelligent husband and henchman named Mal, who in 1990 was voiced by David Rappaport. David Rappaport could not continue because May 2nd, 1990, he actually committed suicide. And then he was replaced by Tim Curry (laughs) from 91 to 96. So that is uh, one of the only examples where we see the opposite of what you were just talking about. So yes, Luton Tim Pl- Curry right. at nineteen ninety one was too good for this. <laughs> yes, yeah, Luton Plunder. Maybe Tim Curry was bought up by by Ted Turner. He's probably owned by Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah he probably right. owns him. Luton Plunder, voiced by James Coburn, seasons one through three. Ed Gilbert, four through six. Wealthy poacher, crooked businessman represents the evils and un- of unethical business actions. Once again, Frank Walker. Does one of the voices, uh, or does the voice of one of his henchmen, uh, or two of them, the Pinhead Brothers? So, um, Oki and Doki, <laughs> and they're oversized lumberjacks. Can you tell what they do? Like what they're there, like for, like what their whole purpose is? Well, if they're oversized lumberjacks, I assume it's deforestation. <gasps> you are a smart man. <laughs> <laughs> so, <I'll> use context clues. <laughs> you did so proud. Sly Sludge, an unscrupulous waste collector, and he represents laziness, ignorance, and the dangers of apathy and short-term thinking. Now, season one through three, he was voiced by Martin Sheen. (laughs) And then four through six, Jim Cummings. And Martin Sheen, he doesn't really talk about it, but he does actually get recognized as the voice of Sly Sludge, still, to this day. Wow. And he says always surprises him, and it's he finds it endlessly entertaining whenever it does. Was Charlie Sheen the one in Spawn? I think that was Martin Sheen. That was Martin Sheen. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think uh, Charlie Sheen was probably in prison <laughs> when Spawn came out. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Um, or at least should have. Yeah, should have been. Now, the villain Zarm. He's a former spirit of the planet who left Gaia in search of other worlds and ended up laying other populations of other planets to ruin, lacking Gaia to balance out his methods. So Gaia was kind of the yin to his yang. From 1990 to 1992, he was voiced by Sting. 93, he was voiced by David Warner. 94 to 95, he was voiced by Malcolm McDowell. My God. Yeah. So, and then we also had Captain Pollution. Captain Pollution was the big bad of the show. Voiced by David Coburn, who also voiced Captain Planet. So uh, I see what they did there. Yeah. Yeah. His big rollout was in a two-part episode, Mission to Save Earth. Dr. Blight steals the Planeteer's rings and creates polluting duplicates of them. So Duke Nukem gets Super Radiation Ring. Loot and Plunder gets the Deforestation Ring. Sly Sludge gets a Smog Ring. Verminous Scum gets a Toxins Ring. And Dr. Blight gets the Hate Ring. <laughs> yeah. All those are counterparts of... Uh, fire, earth, wind, water, and heart. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd like I to can s- see why this was so popular. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was a. This was a hard show to research. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but like, it's not even going to get it. Not even going to get around it. Like, it was not a like. I was not entertained researching this because all of this goes back to actually something that we talked about in the Beavis and Butthead episode. All of this lives so much more fondly in nostalgia. And Don Cheadle's portrayal. But but let's just stop and appreciate the fact. Well, I don't know if appreciate's the right word, but we've been talking about this shit for an hour. We have. We have. And, and I know for a fact there's at least a couple more things you want to bring up. There are. <laughs> there are. All right. So the legacy of Captain Planet. The biggest thing that Captain Planet left behind was the Captain Planet Foundation, which was formed in 1991. And ran, of course, all through uh, the uh, the show. It was founded by uh, Barbara Pyle, the producer, if you remember. And she negotiated a percentage of the show's merchandising revenue uh, to fund the uh, the foundation. And it's basically to, cool. yeah, uh, it's basically to, um, you know, uh, empower young people, fight pollution, all that. In 2007, the Captain Planet Foundation acquired the rights to exhibit previous episodes of Captain Planet and the Planeteers. Online, thus allowing this valuable resource to reach out and educate the children of today. I don't know one kid that would watch this shit today. (laughs) Okay, but, but, have you heard that Netflix is going to do a gritty reboot? It's It's going to be produced by Greta Thunberg. It's a rumor. No, 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 this is true. This is true. I don't know what you're talking about because this... I, I'm making up as I talk, but it's going to be executive produced by Greta Thunberg and scripted by Al Gore. And I think it's going to be what today's generation wants out of a Captain Planet TV series. I'm done here. Danger, danger is leaving. He he has walked away. He has left. He is he's giving me a yep yep. That's the middle finger. I can see it from here. Uh, I guess I'll finish the episode by myself. Um, I'm quitting my own show. <laughs> As you should. That was, I don't know where what I thought I was doing. In 1990, the Los Angeles Times described the show as having not much originality. <laughs> it said, there's a passion behind the series, which adapts a conventional superhero formula to an unconventional theme. It did say that the celebrity voice acting sets the series apart from other stuff that was at the time. And described the show as being part of an increased awareness of Earth as it, of, excuse me, the increased <laughs> awareness of the endangered Earth. We have been talking about this shit so long that we're starting to lose it. <laughs> yeah. L. Brent Bozel III. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, you can't just make up people. Okay? I'm not. That's a real man. That sounds like a villain from Captain Planet. <laughs> He's a conservative activist. <laughs> And he, oh, I'm sure he is. And he accused the show of seeking to scare children into political activism, along with accusing of having leftist slants. Barbara Pyle responded to that, saying, I don't think Captain Planet is scary. <laughs> it shows kids <laughs> that every action counts. I consider environmental issues bipartisan. 
Now, and her daughter is Greta Thunberg. So moving on. I don't. Barbara Pyle is from like Texas. <laughs> IGN did give the show a whopping five out of ten. It's and like, I think that's about right. Like Captain Planet shot right for the middle, and it described. And it's a- <laughs> it did. It did. It it succeeded at being the middle of nostalgia. And it described the animation as pretty weak and the stories as too hokey. Yeah, she nailed it. Yeah. Now, let's talk about three of the controversial episodes. Yep. No. Nope. We're no. going to. We're going oh, to. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. In the episode Mind Pollution, it dealt with drug abuse, as we know. Earlier, if you remember, we talked about it killed Linka's cousin, Boris. Now. Linka's cousin Boris did not die from just a drug overdose. Evidently, Linka's cousin Boris jumped through a window while dying of a drug overdose. <laughs> you know what? You know what? You suck for making me laugh. Okay, I was fine, but you started laughing. I shouldn't have to laugh at that. Oh, on, the epi- okay. on the episode Pollution Bomb, it dealt with the problem of overpopulation. And it... <laughs> <laughs> and it used mice to substitute for humans. Oh, the episode God. sets Wheeler in a Gull- Gulliver's Travels style adventure where he encounters a tribe of sentient mice who are destroyed by overpopulation and irresponsible leadership. It turns out that the ordeal is something that Wheeler dreamed up. So at the end of the episode, it's, oh, it was just a dream. But basically, Captain Planet told us that we should stop having babies, <laughs> according to this episode. <laughs> This really weird debate between pro-life and pro-choice, and it got real dark. So, in the episode of Formula for Hate. No, I don't want to do this. I can't. In the episode, Scum has one of his rat henchmen brainwash local community into thinking the virus, HIV and AIDS, can be spread through casual contact, thus causing people to hate and fear a young man. He was infected with AIDS named Todd Andrews. Now, Todd Andrews and his mother are two of the many celebrities that made little cameos in the show. Todd Andrews was voiced by Neil Patrick Harris. (laughs) That's not okay. No, also considering at this time, the whole, um, you know, AIDS only exists in the gay community uh, is still running rampant. You know, the misnomer of that entire thing. And then uh, his mother was voiced by Elizabeth Taylor. Gee whiz. So then Captain Planet comes and tells the truth about AIDS. Because evidently telling truth was something that was too big of a task for the Planeteers. Okay, so let me just interject here for a second. I watched some clips from this episode. And a couple of things that stand out to me was there's a scene where Todd goes to the doctor. And the doctor is going through all the ways you can contract this. And he flat out says doing drugs, using needles, unprotected sexual intercourse. And, and as he's talking, Todd interjects with a, it doesn't matter how I got it. Blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, I think it does. (laughs) I don't think we should be talking about this. And then, especially on Sunday morning, you know, yes, yes. Uh, for a show with the bad guy named Loot and Plunder? Like, yeah. <laughs> this, this isn't the time. But, then, but don't worry, because in this episode, Captain uh, Planet catches scum and his rat henchmen and doesn't kill them, just hands them over to police. Just gives them over. Like, hey, this guy's no. spreading lies. Well, before they put him in general population, they should probably be tested. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Before they put scum in Gen Pop. And <laughs> yes, it's... Just in case. Yeah. Let's just make him take the test. All right. So And I don't want to talk about the next one. I know the next no, one you're no, gonna No, that was the that was all I was gonna talk about as far as the, the other episodes. But you seem to have one in mind. I there were yes. a couple more, but I picked those three. Now I apologize in advance because I don't know the name of the episode, but all there right. was one in particular that was about gang violence. Mm-hmm. And yeah. The weirdest thing about this episode is in the midst of the normal shenanigans, instead of people polluting the the streets, it's these, you know, gang members with guns 
talking about robbing people and all this stuff. Again, saying and doing things that in 2023 are not going to fly on a cartoon show. Yep. And the whole time this is happening, there's these overlays of animation of like Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks mm. and mm. John F. Kennedy. And mm. it's like, there's not really any explanation for it. It's just like when a scene transitions to the next, it's like, here's a quick glimpse of a civil rights leader before it goes into the next thing. And it's like, I feel like in my heart of hearts, they had the best of intentions and they thought they were doing something that would resonate with the kids. But looking at it now in the lens of 2023, it is very uncomfortable. Like Mm -hmm. what? I believe it. It's not good. Not good. No. Like I told you in the beginning, this was all very, uh, I've never cringed this much doing research for one of our episodes. And, um, some of these were kind of hard to swallow. To our listeners who are taking this journey with us, when you turn this off, go to YouTube. Watch Don Cheadle as Captain Planet. Watch the three or four robot chicken sketches. Do not rewatch Captain Planet episodes. <laughs> maybe just the AIDS one. Yeah. That maybe. one's fun. I mean, you know, Neil Patrick Harris and Elizabeth Taylor, what can go wrong? Ugh, a yeah. lot, apparently. All right. I did want to briefly touch on that Captain Planet has shown up in different places since the show has gone off the air. So Captain Planet was put into uh, uh, he was put into a game called Cartoon Network Punch Time Explosion. It came out on 3DS, Wii, PS3, and Xbox 360. It's a fighting game similar to uh, oh, what's the one with all the characters on the screen? Yeah, Super Smash Brothers. Right. Sorry, I watched some of it. It's not a game that I ever want to play. Like it just it it looks like it's really trying to be that, and it looks like it should have been given away in uh like Burger King Happy Meal Kids Club thing. Whatever. I, doing some of the stuff I've done in my life, I've seen a lot of people play Super Smash Brothers, and I I don't get it. <laughs> I, I don't understand. It's fun, but I don't I don't get it much past like I think I'm bored of it after like the first match and the times I have played fun? it. Yeah, but it's snake metal gear solid punch Kirby in the head. Like what is happening? But it's also very confusing. Like the camera goes in and out and it's very easy to lose who you are and what you're doing, especially if somebody else picks the same character and that person just chooses to be a dick productions and it's a, it's tough. So remember the uh, little LCD tiger handheld things? They'd put out a uh, captain planet one at one point. There was a couple other video games all, but kind of jump to, the film that has been rumored for years. What? Yeah. There's a someone who, who thinks this is a good idea. We're going to get to it. Hang on. Ugh. So there's been multiple attempts in 96. There was a film adaptation written of Captain Planet, just titled planet. No captain. <laughs> it didn't go anywhere. Five years later, uh, a gentleman by the name of Michael Reeves revit or revised that concept as dark planet. The storyline was darker and set in a post-apocalyptic world where there's lots of pollution. And uh, the script was lost when Turner and Warner Brothers merged. So that script's not going to be seen. But hold on. Wait. Just wait. Can we wait? Wait. Can we just pause for a second? Because you just said butthole. Uh, Well, I mean, the fractured butthole was a great game. Butthole. (laughs) Gone. Butthole. (laughs) On. In October of 2016, Paramount Pictures and Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way, which I didn't know he was Appian Way, um, <laughs> they were attempting to develop a new movie. It was in negotiations with Jono Matt and Glenn Powell to write the script. Don't know who they are. I assume they're script writers and have had a uh, moderately successful career. So Leonardo DiCaprio owns the film rights to Captain Planet and has uh, tried to get a script pushed out. But that's it. <laughs> that, that there's no other news I could find on it. So the only other thing we know is the Netflix gritty reboot with Thunberg and Al Gore attached, right? Yeah, no, that's not happening. <laughs> no, no, but I, there, there was a rumor that was going on at one point that there was going to be a Captain Planet Netflix thing, which is where I st- tried to stop you in the beginning, but then you just kept digging. You just and then you realized what I had to say was actually not worth anything and you didn't need to stop me. Right. 
Right. And right. I, I, I just, I just didn't try anymore. So, but, okay. Honest question. Honest question. Cause I'm sitting here thinking about what they have rebooted, what they have done sort of like modern takes on what works, what hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. Could this work? No. See, I disagree because I think there is such a push for environmental global warming kind of environmentally conscious programming. Yes, that Mm. you could, if done correctly, there could be a market for it. Okay, so possibly. And so I'm not going to 100% disagree with you, but I do not think that you could pitch a show now that is Captain Planet, Rings, Kids from Other countries worlds and neighborhood evidently uh so continents mainly country and neighborhood but not antarctica (laughs) so um apparently i apologize yeah maybe this is where we like new zealand gets a ring i don't know so i think maybe you could do something with captain planet is it going to be in this same form no hell no no something like this would never pass today it's it would have to be much different I would actually venture to say that uh, animation even would be a hard one to push. I was just thinking that too. Like, I almost think that if you do it, you just go all in mm-hmm. and you get somebody like Zack Snyder and you do a superhero film and you just PG 13, a bunch of fist fights, and you just go for it. I'm not saying I would enjoy it. Part of me thinks there's an audience for it. <laughs> so would you? Would it be Zack Snyder face punches, you know, thing, or would it be a like a tongue in cheek sort of thing, like serious, you know, uh, global warming message, but then tongue in cheek jokes about things? I don't, I don't know. Like it's poking fun at itself. Okay, okay. Split the difference. James Gunn style Suicide Squad. You make the planeteers a little bit more. So you're talking like ultra violent. Well, maybe PG 13 still, but get more in the like, you know, Wheeler instead of being whatever, you know, he throws a soda can in the trash can. And one of the other planeteers has to slap him in the back of the head and say, Hey man, that's recyclable, you know, and just kind of like go that direction. I'm not saying again, I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying that there could potentially be an audience for it. You're just saying it's a thing. I'm saying worse crap is being produced on a daily basis right now. I'm not not going to disagree with you at all. All right. So I could talk more about Captain Planet, but, you know, I'm not. Plain and simple, I'm not. It's shocking to me that, okay, look, Hey, this is a show that I am one third the host of. I hope people listen and enjoy our show. I am shocked that we got this much material out of this. And it's, hey, maybe I'm biased. I feel like this was probably fairly entertaining. We have been talking for over an hour about Captain Planet. If Captain Planet taught us anything, it's that pollution's on the rise and global warming's real and we need to do something about it. So, did you hear? what the president plans on doing to fight record high temperatures. No, he's switching from Fahrenheit to Celsius. Okay. All right. So now I know we talked about picking jokes that were themed for this. Oh, are we doing dad jokes? Yeah. I I was just doing a current event section. I apologize. No, no, that was a dad joke. (laughs) Don't try to get around that. They were all just so bad. I couldn't even, everyone here but i will tell you like people more well it's a uh, you know i think i understand why they had to change the slogan from recycle reduce reuse and close the loop because when the iphone started to do it or the iwatch started doing the the loop thing they adopted the close the loop and they could no longer use that there it became very confusing is my thought Hold on. because i saw wait was that a thing. joke that was just an observation what reaction am I am I supposed to have? I don't know. Why <laughs> did the chicken cross the road? Why? Because. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Number one, that's I love that. Number two, 
what the hell are you saying about the loop? It no, completely like, over like, like, okay. So the, uh, the um, Apple watch has a little loop for like, when you meet your movement goal and it says like, Does the whole it? thing is like, yeah, the whole thing is like, close the loop. Like, did you close your loop today? So uh-huh. it, when you recycle, you close the loop. So is that wasted on me? Cause I have an Android. Oh, I have an Android too. I, uh, I'm not an <laughs> Apple fan, but for the first time in history, like, if you say you're going to the eye doctor, you have to specify that it's an optometrist, not just a doctor sponsored by Apple. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. And I don't think that was a dad joke, but that was like on par with it. And that just came straight off your brain. So yeah. I, I'm not going to say I'm proud of you, but it's, I'm it's a, something. I'm a uh, natural dad that is a stepfather. <laughs> however, however, I would like to say that I am doing my part because I don't have a carbon footprint. Because I drive everywhere. Mm, yes. So with global warming, Noah's melting. We know. But did you hear about snowman that got upset when he melted? No. What happened? He had a meltdown. See, I was hoping there was a little more to that, like something about where the carrots and buttons ended up. But mm. no, just meltdown. Okay. As a well, I've got one more. Okay. Strap in a good one. All right. Let's uh let's see if it's worthy of the strap. What did the tree wear to the pool party? What? Swimming trunks. Mm. How do trees get on the internet? How? They log in. Speaking of logging, I think it's time to log out. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh thank you for listening. Please go find us on uh Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh Danger and Sarge across all platforms. Send us an email. Shoot us an email. Send us an email. The the word was send, I meant to say. Um, anyway, send us an email. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a topic that you'd like to hear, please do not suggest Captain Planet again. Um, <laughs> you didn't suggest it the first time, but just don't make us do it again. Anyway, uh, dangerandsarge at gmail.com. Please go check out and- our YouTube channel as well. Yes, the, the YouTube videos that Danger has been producing are beautiful and fun and oh, very, very, they make me laugh. I think they're good. And then also, there's some sort of Podbean thing we're supposed to say, and I don't know how to say it. Do you know how to say it? Sarge I, usually does this. He does, and I feel like we should be better at that affiliate. Well, we're a, yeah, we're a Podbean affiliate. Yeah. Uh, we, achievements. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sign up and we get kickbacks or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So just go to Podbean and do stuff because yeah. we're affiliates. <laughs> just just go to Google and type Danger and Sarge how to support. Perfect. Um, yeah. So cool. Everybody join our you. join our Patreon so you can watch these streams and we'll all be shirtless. We have a Patreon? It's a Yeah. Well, I'm setting it up and it's this weird thing. I can digitally remove our shirts. It doesn't matter. Please, please finish the episode. Okay. Thank you for listening. I appreciate everybody who always comes back. I don't know about you guys, but I at least have fun doing this. So thank you. At least two people. Yeah. All right. Good night, everybody. Later. It's over. Done. Done.